Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. listening to the Funky Farm Girl podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl, and this is episode 76, Planting, Prodigals, and the Power of Prayer. Y'all, we make big plans, don't we, this time of year. We buy seeds, then we plant the garden, then we plant it, and sometimes it turns out a little differently than we expected. The same goes for our lives, right? We dream and we hope for our kids and they turn and choose a different path or something devastating happens and we don't know what to do. Today I want to dive into how to respond when things aren't how we expected them to be. But first, let's take a look at what's happening on the homestead. First of all, I've been baking bread with Jones Roots um, from Instagram in her Run Back to Your Roots 365 Challenge. Um, she is doing a all-year challenge where each month of the year she is focusing on one homesteading skill per month so that by the end of the year you've learned 12 new skills for homesteading. And even if they're skills that you already know, you may be deep in your depth of knowledge in that area. So I really encourage you to click the link in the show notes and join us for the Run Back to Your Roots 365 Challenge. This month in January, we were baking bread. And this month, we are learning um, some cooking from scratch tips and techniques. So I hope you'll join us. I've also been using my steam juicer quite a bit. I've got some pear perry that I'm getting ready to start. I've also canned juice and strawberry syrup. Um, I'm well on my way to my goal of 365 jars of preserved food for 2022. I did 40 jars in January. So a little bit ahead of schedule and that's just great. I'm real excited to see how... Um, the canning will turn out for 2022. So, if you're like me, every gardener I know right now is buying seeds and planting their garden, right? They're thinking about what to plant, where to plant it, how much they're going to plant. They're dreaming about all the produce that's coming in. I know that for me, I'm dreaming about that tomato table that I had last year when my dining room table that seats eight people was covered in tomatoes for a couple weeks straight. So um, we do all this thinking and planning and, and wishing and dreaming and hoping. It's what gets us through the winter, right y'all? 
So then you get those seeds and you plant them. You add a little water, maybe some fertilizer. And after that, we have no control after that point, right? At any moment, weather could take down our crops or cause them not to thrive at all, right? We could have pests that come in and destroy things. We have disease that can come in and kill things. And it leaves us disappointed, right? Because even if you do everything right, crops still fail sometimes. Life kind of works the same way. You can do everything right and bring your kids to church and teach them the word and raise them to know Jesus. And then when they grow up, they can turn and walk away from it. You can eat healthy and you can exercise and do all the right things and live a toxin-free life. And there's still a possibility that you're going to get cancer anyway, right? There's still the possibility of a, a devastating accident or tragedy. Maybe you didn't do everything right and you wished you had. Maybe you look back and you think, oh my gosh, I, I have messed this up so bad. Is there anything that could make this better? Is there even any hope? Is that weed-choked garden even salvageable that you neglected all year long? Is that marriage irreparably broken? Is that prodigal child just lost forever? So when situations feel dark and everything feels like it's out of our control, because honestly it is, y'all, everything is out of our control. We can be faithful to do the things that we're supposed to do, but we can't control the outcome, can we? Because God is the one that's in control of all of that. So when he veers off of our predicted path, how do we respond? What do we do when things don't turn out the way we expected them to do? Today, I want to help you remember that we can respond with prayer. And when I say that, I don't want you to think of the common response that comes up when situations look bleak and there's there's really nothing that we can do. And the first thing someone says is, well, all we can do is pray. As if it's this small thing that really is not much of anything at all. But I guess if we're not doing anything else and we can't fix anything else and we can't do anything else, might as well do that, I guess. It's better than nothing. But y'all, that's not how prayer is. Instead, I want y'all to remember and to see that we have the power of prayer at our disposal. The power of prayer. Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. What do we have? A hope that enters into this inner place behind the curtain. That's prayer, y'all. We have the hope that we have a God who is in that inner place that we can walk right up to and converse with. 
And we can lay our disappointments and our sorrows and our frustrations and our concerns at his feet. And we can trust him to move and to act. And we can trust that however he moves and he acts, that it is the best for our good and for his glory. So we have a hope that enters into the secret inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. And so Hebrews tells us that the reason we get to go to the throne of God is because Jesus went before us. And he took the wrath of God and he stood in our place and he was condemned instead of us. So now we can walk in to that throne room and stand before the throne of God and we can lay out all of our disappointments and our failures and our expectations and our wishes and hopes and dreams and we can say lord fix it lord make it whole lord i don't know what to do with this can i just give it to you i surrender it and the way that we can do that is because we can remember that Prayer is such a powerful thing. It's not a grocery list, y'all. It's not a genie in a bottle prayer. You know, we can we can pray that God will make so-and-so's cold better. And that God will give this person a raise or a job. Or that God will help them find the money they need to fix this car. Or that God will, you know, make this little outreach thing that's going on at the church successful those are those are prayers sure but how often do you pray like paul did at the end of ephesians pray also for me that i may open my mouth to declare boldly the power of the gospel you ever prayed a prayer like that Have you ever prayed and asked God to show you his glory? Those are powerful prayers, y'all. Prayer has power. It's not just a checklist. It's not just a thing that we just say, Lord, if you could and you've got time, can you give so-and-so a job? It's more than that. Prayer has the power to change things. It can change circumstances. It can change attitudes. Prayer has the power to bring healing. It can heal bodies and diseases and sickness. It can heal relationships and trauma and wounded hearts. And... It has the power to transform. Prayer can change us. You pray a prayer like like Paul's. Pray also for me that when I open my mouth, I will declare boldly the gospel. That kind of prayer changes you. It changes your affections. It changes your perspective. It gives you a heart that's more and more like God's. Right, And that's really the beauty of prayer is that it makes us more like Jesus. And prayer has the power to change 
a sinner's heart. A sinner that cries out in prayer and repents and declares that he believes. That dead heart is made alive. I'd like to tell you about the impact of prayer in the life of a woman named Anne Christenberry. Anne Christenberry is my great-grandfather's great-great-grandmother. And not long ago, I had the opportunity to read the church history of the church that my parents grew up in and were married in. Um, They were both born and raised um, on a road right down the street from each other um, in a little area that was known as Feral Town. My daddy was a feral. My maiden name is Feral. And that whole road was full of all kinds of people who were related to each other. And they all went to the same little church on this road. And this church was founded by a woman named Anne Christenberry. Anne Christenberry went to a camp meeting one night. A tent revival. And she heard the gospel preached in a way that she never had before. And the preacher told her that she could be saved by grace. She could be saved not because of anything she did or didn't do, but because Jesus had died for her sins. And that all she had to do was believe that and accept it. And Anne Christenberry argued with that preacher and said, There's no way that I'm worthy of that. And he said, Oh, yes, you are. Thanks to grace, you are. Each one of us can be made righteous because we confess and believe that Jesus is Lord. And that's all we have to do. We don't have to be good. We don't have to try harder. We don't have to be worthy. And so Anne Grissomberry grabbed hold of that truth and she went back home and she began to have church in her home and she invited those around her to come and join her. And she began to pray, and she prayed specifically that her husband and her two boys would come to know Christ as she had. And God answered that prayer. Her husband, Nicholas, accepted Christ, and her two sons, Moses and Daniel, also accepted Christ. Moses was my great-grandfather's great-great-grandfather, and so I come from Moses Christenberry and Ann Christenberry. His brother Daniel um, also accepted Christ. And not only that, he became a circuit riding preacher. And in 1817, as he was riding around preaching the gospel, he met a man named Brantley York. And he preached the gospel to Brantley York. Brantley York prayed and accepted Christ as his Savior. And Brantley was an educator, and so he became an educator and a preacher who also would ride around and preach the gospel. Um, But he was hired by some farmers to teach their children to read. And so he started a little school um, and began to teach the local children to read. And that grew and grew and grew until finally um, it became what was known as Trinity College. And then that grew and grew and grew, and it eventually became 
Duke University. And so my great-grandfather's great-great-great-grandmother was saved in a tent meeting revival because of prayer. And then she prayed for her husband and her two boys to also receive Christ. And because of her prayers, they did. And because of their receiving Christ and praying for others to be saved, Brantley York was among those who was saved, who became the founder of Duke University. Not only that, but the wife and children of Daniel Christenberry and Moses Christenberry also became Christians and began to spread their faith and what they believed to their children. And that legacy of faith exists in my family for generations because Anne Christenberry prayed and God heard her prayers. If the prayers of one woman for three people can make that kind of impact, then what kind of impact can my prayers have? What am I planting? We're talking about our hopes and our dreams and our plans and thinking about spring coming and the things that we could plant. What am I planting in my heart? I hope that I'm planting the truth of God's word. And I hope that I'm planting prayers that can bring change, that can bring healing, that can bring transformation. I know that when things are hard or when things are different than we expect, it's really hard to get discouraged. It's really easy to get discouraged. It's really hard to keep going. And in those moments when we're worrying about, are my prayers hitting the ceiling? Does God even hear? We can remember that verse in Hebrews that tells us that it's a sure and steadfast anchor. Being able to pray, being able to come to the throne of God and lay all this down in front of him is a sure and steadfast anchor. It's our hope. It's what we cling to. And while we're clinging to that, and we continue to pray, Galatians tells us, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So I'm praying today that each and every one of you who have maybe a shattered expectation Maybe a trauma or a tragedy in your life that you're trying to learn how to cope with. I pray that you remember not all we can do is pray, but that we have the power of prayer on our side. And that if we will not be weary in doing good, in planting the word in our hearts and clinging to the power of prayer to change and transform and renew and heal, then we will not, we will not lose that harvest. 
we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. I would love to pray for you individually. If there is something that I could be praying for you for, you can email me at thefunkyfarmgirlpodcast at gmail.com. Just click the link in the show notes to send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook. Don't grow weary, y'all. Let's pray together. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.